Well, good morning. All right. Hey, grab your Bible and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Uh, I think our lighting system needs a hug this morning. Uh, it's just having a rough start to the year. <laughs> uh, last week we began this series uh, on spiritual formation, and we're doing this to start the year because uh, we believe that, that we're all invited, every single one of us is invited into this process of being renewed and being transformed. Uh, and, and even if you're exploring faith or you're new to faith or you're just kind of trying to figure out what is, what is faith and how do I engage with it, I believe that God's heart for you is that you would enter into a relationship with Him and as you do, your life would be transformed over time. Uh, that's God's heart for all of us. And, and today, we transition from kind of this overarching idea of spiritual formation to look at some of the practices that we can engage in as a people that help shape us and form us. I'm uh, currently working this idea out with my son's youth basketball team. Uh, he's in third grade, and if, you ever, if you've ever gone to a youth basketball game, it's fascinating. Uh, <laughs> as a coach, uh, in practice, I get to kind of put together some plans, some, some disciplines that the kids work on that ultimately will shape them over time into being basketball uh, players and at this point it's really just like don't travel and stay in bounds. Uh, it's kind of what you're working on at this point. And and there's certain drills that we do that kind of help shape them and teach them to to live within those parameters. And and each week, uh, the first week that we had practice, uh, I sat the kids down at the end of practice and I said, Hey, uh, what was your what was your favorite part of practice? What do you think the kids said uh, is their favorite part of practice? Snack, that's actually, I didn't even give them snack, so I didn't give them that option. Um, but just scrimmage, the kids just love to play, right? And that's good, that's why we have that a part of practice. Not one kid said uh, the jump stop drill, or the pivot drill, right? No kid thinks that's, that's awesome. Yet what they don't fully understand at this point is that that drill is incredibly important to shape them as a basketball player, right? I think we engage in, in spiritual formation and even our engagement in scriptures in the same way. There's, there's certain disciplines that are important for us as a people of faith that we don't necessarily love to engage in, but they're absolutely essential to form us and to shape us. And so we, would say, we wouldn't say, oh, I just I love being devoted to the scriptures every day, uh, necessarily. Maybe that's you and that's awesome, high five. Uh, but maybe that's not the most exciting thing for us yet it is still one of the most formative things that we can do as believers. Today we're going to approach this first discipline of, of Scripture reading, and the idea that Scriptures are essential, the Scriptures are essential to uh, our journey in life and our formation is, is becoming less and less a commonly held belief. Um, and this is true in the church and, and outside the church. Yet in the last few years, there's some interesting trends when it comes to honoring the scriptures. The Barna Research Group does this yearly state of the Bible that I get. And uh, they, they do these interviews across the nation asking people about the scriptures and how they feel about them, a ton of different questions. And I want to show you an infographic from their research a few years ago uh, with the American Bible Society. Uh, on this graph, this is so fascinating. This is over four years from 2018 to 2021. 
Uh, on the bottom is, is three different categories. Bible disengaged, those who just don't really care a whole lot about the Bible. Those who are kind of uncertain about the scriptures, like maybe that's okay and I'll read them or maybe not. And then those who, maybe those here that would say the scriptures are important in our life. And the, the one that I want to kind of point out is in 2021, keep in mind what's going on in these years. In 2021, the Bible disengaged is that red? I'm color deficient. Okay. The red one went from 100 million who were disengaged uh, down to uh, move, the movable middle went up. So you see how in that year, from 2020 to 2021, those who were disengaged went down. And from 2022 to 2021, those who were, oh, might be interested in the scriptures went up. So, so quite possibly, through some world events and things that were going on, people started going, maybe there's something to this. Maybe there's more to life. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe the scriptures have something to say to my life because the rest of the world seems to be falling apart. Now, I, I love keeping eyes on, uh, on trends like these. These are kind of interesting to pay attention to. But what if we just did a survey of, of us? Okay, what if we did a survey of us, or just Oak Harbor in general, what kind of trends would there be? What kind of engagement with the scriptures, what, what, would, what would their percentages be for us? Think about your own life. And it's not meant to be a, a shaming thing, it's just meant to be kind of a self-evaluation. What is my engagement with the scriptures? How is it playing out in my life? Think about it from a different angle. Um, every year I get to, to walk with couples through premarital counseling, as they prepare for marriage, and one of the keys to healthy relationships is communication. Strangely enough, <laughs> you could say that healthy communication is an important part of any healthy relationship. What if I, what if I sat down with a couple, and the wife or the husband, the future wife, future husband, said to me, I am a, I'm pretty neutral when it comes to communication, or... I'm just disengaged. Like, I'm not interested in the communication piece. Like, I'll, maybe I'll dabble in that, but it's not that big of a value to me to be a good communicator. How well do you think that relationship would work? Not super well. And, and how do we know that? Because all of us have actually done this. Like, in our friendships, in our relationships, when we lack communication, when we stop sharing our lives with each other, there's a breakdown in the relationship. We've experienced the challenge of this. And 100% of the time, this is a horrible approach to growing a relationship with somebody, is to say, I'm just not going to communicate. So why do we do it? Why do we avoid communication? Why do we disconnect? Uh, here, here's why I think we do this. Because when we do invest in relationship, when we do spend energy communicating with somebody, when we share our life with somebody, we're challenged. You have to face yourself in the mirror. You have to learn how to work through conflict. You have to change some of your ways. You may have to let go of some things. Relationships cost us something, right? Your life is going to be transformed if you engage in, re in relationship. And, and I think maybe, possibly, one of the reasons that we actually stop engaging in the Scriptures is because underneath, on some level, we understand if I actually give my heart and my mind to this and my life to this, I'm going to be changed. I'm going to be asked to change. And I think we're all pretty comfortable with the way we live our lives. 
and we don't necessarily want to change. So, yeah, I'm good. Our desire as a church family is to follow the life and teaching of Jesus and to give him full authority in our lives to change whatever he wants. And to engage in the scriptures is to engage in the story of Jesus and, and to give him a voice and the authority to speak into our lives. We're passionate about the scriptures because we're passionate about who is revealed in the scriptures. His name is Jesus. It's not just about getting a bunch of information or memorizing verses or sorting out the end times. It's about investing in a relationship with the creator of the universe. So this is the first point today. All scripture leads to Jesus. Uh, Man, hold on to that. The Old Testament can be rather confusing. Uh, But the Old Testament lays the foundation for how we ended up in the mess that we are in today, in all of our attempts to make it right and our inability to do that, which sets up the good news that there's going to be a Savior someday that comes to save us and redeem us and restore us, Jesus. And the New Testament tells us how we actually live under His authority and His reign and His rule. It all points to Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And when we engage with the Scriptures, we do so because we want to grow in our relationship with Jesus. And, and you will be challenged. <laughs> you will be in, encouraged when you read the Scriptures. You're going to be confronted when you read the Scriptures. You'll be supported when you read the Scriptures. You're going to be completely confused when you read the Scriptures. You're going to find meaning... You're going to have lots of questions. You're going to experience some frustration along the way. All things that are very normal in a relationship. God wants you to know him. He's hungry to reveal himself. And it's not an easy journey. Can I just, we've already kind of nodded to this, but who has been engaged in the scriptures and has ever been confused by what they're reading? Okay, just look around the room real quick. Keep your hands up, okay? Okay, you're in good, good company, of course. Anyone in here have it all sorted out and completely understood? Again, good company, good company this morning. But let me ask another question. Who... Just give that lighting system a hug. Let me ask you this question. Who has had their life transformed by reading the scriptures? Exactly. So so don't be overwhelmed by the frustration and the confusion. You're in good company. But understand that as you engage in the word of God, your life will be transformed. And that's what we want to engage in together. Uh, It's helpful. I mentioned this in the video, but it can be helpful to think about Engaging in the scriptures like like engaging with a puzzle. Imagine, imagine if I took a piece out of this puzzle and uh, I held it up and I thought, "Well, this is ridiculous. There's no, I I have no idea what's going on in this. I quit." <laughs> imagine, imagine if I did that with a puzzle. It doesn't make sense, and it doesn't make sense partly because I know what the end goal is going to be like, right? 
I should be able to look at this and go, okay, this is just one small piece of a grand story, and I'm, I'm going to build this over time, and it's going to become clearer and clearer over time what the picture actually is. When we engage in the scriptures, it's actually pretty similar. The box top is Jesus. And as we engage, we're putting more pieces in the puzzle, and it's becoming more and more clear that Jesus is what the scripture is revealing. And so if you're at the beginning of your journey and you're just looking at one piece and it's like, you're like looking at Leviticus going, (laughs) so does everybody ever. (laughs) Leviticus fits in a grander story, in a grander picture. And, And man, what a beautiful thing that we get to put this together, together. You have people sitting around you that are putting the puzzle together. Some of us have been on the journey a lot longer and we have a lot to offer each other. Some of us are just at the beginning of the journey, and we're asking a lot of questions, and that's beautiful. That's part of it, too. What a gift to do it together. In fact, this year, we're, um, we're, we're devoting a lot of energy to developing this kind of community. Following Easter this year, we're launching a reading plan. We did this in 2018, where we're going to read through the Bible together, starting in the beginning, and we're going to form groups of people that are doing this together, asking questions about the Scriptures, challenging questions, encouraging each other, building each other up. And so if you're a planner and you're thinking ahead, like you've already got your reading plan for the year and oh, how you're going to engage the scriptures, can I just encourage you to put, put a pause on that? In April, join your church body. We're going to do this together as a community. And I'm going to teach. The teaching team is going to be teaching out of what we're reading. And so there's going to be layers of kind of engagement. It's going to be really, really fun. Uh, also, I'd, I'd ask you to start thinking about who do you want to do that with? Maybe you've got some friends or some people that you meet here on Sunday morning. You go, hey, do you want to do this together? Like, let's get together and, and study, study the Word together. That would be a brilliant thing. Okay, let's get to the Bible. We've talked a lot about why it's important, but let's read it together now. 2 Timothy chapter 3. This uh, text is often referenced <laughs> in a sermon like today where we're talking about the importance of Scripture. And it comes from the Apostle Paul. It's written to a young leader, Timothy, a guy he's brought up in ministry, a pastor that he's encouraged along the way and is now mentoring from a distance. And the context of this letter is helpful. Uh, We're going to read in verse 10. That's where we're going to start today. But verse 1 through 9 of this chapter gives us the reason why verses 10 through 17 is important. If you have a heading in your Bible, if you have that up, uh, in verses 1 to 9, what's the heading? Can somebody shout out the heading in your Bible for verses 1 through 9? What is it? Say that again. Dangers of the last days. Does anybody else have a different one? Perilous time and perilous men. Well, let's get another one. Godlessness in the last days. <laughs> well, God bless you this morning. <laughs> what's that? Okay. Might be a different section. Chapter 3. Um, anyway, if, if you look at that, godlessness in the last days, peril, like the context for what Paul is writing is Timothy is in a place in the world where he's trying to pastor people and things are not awesome. Things are not awesome. Things are actually spinning out of control, and, and more and more people are living a life that's dishonoring to God, and there's more and more damage happening because of that. This is why Paul is writing a letter. Timothy is a little bit overwhelmed by this reality. Seems like things are going from bad to worse. Maybe, just maybe, you could draw some parallels into our experience today, maybe. 
And so what does Paul, what does Paul tell Timothy in that type of environment? What is his encouragement? That's what we're going to read. Verse 10, chapter 3. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. So in these first couple verses, the first thing that Paul does to an overwhelmed and frustrated Timothy is remind him of who he is. He says, Timothy, the reason that there's friction in your life right now, the reason that you're having a difficult time in the world that's spinning out of control is because you made a decision to follow Jesus. You made a decision to follow me in the way that I'm following Jesus. That's what Paul said, follow me the way I follow Christ. And because you have made a choice to follow Jesus in a world that's not following Jesus, you are going upstream in a world that's going downstream. In other words, don't be surprised that there's tension in your life, Timothy. That's kind of what he's saying. And then he refers to his own experience. He says, hey, uh, just, just a reminder, remember what happened to me at Antioch? In Iconium and Lystra? You think you're the only one having a difficult time? Okay, just remember that. We're in this journey together. And it, and it was never, we were never promised it was going to be easy. But because we have made a decision to make Jesus Lord of our life, we're choosing to live upstream. Be reminded of who you are and what you're doing, Timothy. You are a, you are a follower of Jesus. He's the one that's holding you in this. And then Paul gives him this zinger in verse 12. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Paint that on your wall at home. <laughs> the, you know, this can seem a bit harsh, but it was just a reality check, right? It's a reality check. Paul never promised Timothy, hey, come follow me the way I follow Christ. It's going to be butterflies and rainbows. He knew full well. Because he encountered all kinds of suffering. Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, that's what it's going to look like. Paul's encouraging Timothy. This is what's going on. So when we face difficulty, and there's, there's crazy things, there's some parallels. When we're, when we're facing difficulty, there's challenging things happening in the world, we shouldn't get all spun out of whack. We should simply recognize that evil people will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. It's going to happen in the world that we live in. What's our responsibility in the midst of that? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> Verse 14. Here's your encouragement. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed knowing from whom you've learned it and how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. 
So a few encouragements from this small section of Scripture. Uh, Number one, get acquainted with the Scriptures. That's the first encouragement. Again, we talked about this in the beginning. If you're new to the story, man, it's okay to have all kinds of questions. It's okay to experience all kinds of confusion. That's true for everybody that's ever engaged in the story. Okay? But get acquainted with the Scriptures. Keep reading. Keep asking questions. Keep learning. Keep putting the pieces together. When you run into something, you're like, what in the world is this? What's happening in Job? What's, what's happening? Who are these prophet guys? When you run into those things, don't be discouraged. Lean into somebody in this body to say, I, I ran into this this week, and I have no idea what it means. And they may go, yeah, me neither. Find somebody else. <laughs> There's plenty of people to engage with. That's part of what we get to do together. Timothy was lucky enough to be surrounded in his life. From the sound of what we get in this text, he had people in his life that were teaching him the scriptures from very young. He had the gift of that. Not everybody does. But guess what? If that's you, now you do. You're surrounded by people that will help you along the way. Just keeping it mysterious. (laughs) Get acquainted with the scriptures. Uh, Now, many of you in this room are well acquainted with the scriptures. That's beautiful. My encouragement to you is to not let your past reading of the scriptures, your understanding of the Bible, don't live in what was read maybe two years ago. Stay present in the scriptures. Stay present to what the Spirit is teaching you as you engage in the Word. I think far too often, and I'm guilty of this too, I mean, I get to read the Bible like as part of what I do. I can be so guilty of, of kind of, well, I've read this before. I, I can, I've memorized a lot of it. Do I, do I need to spend a lot of time in there? I would say yes, because the, the Word is living. It's active. The Spirit of God is working as we engage. And so if you're well acquainted with the Scriptures, I would say Stay engaged, stay fresh with what the scriptures are teaching because the Spirit of God is there to teach you new things. He's there to refresh you and renew you. Uh, I'm, I'm all up for personal devotions. If you, if you don't have those, that's great. Um, but I actually think it's very important, maybe more important, to read the scriptures with other people. To pray and to discern what's the Spirit saying in this text. And here's why I say that. If you think about it, the disciples... The disciples didn't have 47 translations in a box in their hand when they engaged in the Word of God. You with me on that? Talking about your phone. Like, we can look at up 40, we can look at all the translations ever. They didn't have that. What did they have? Maybe, maybe they had the Old Testament scroll in their town. If not in a nearby town, in a synagogue, they could go and engage in the scriptures with other people in community. The letters, they may had one, one letter from Paul that was being distributed, but it would be read out loud and then it would be discussed together. So the way that they engaged in the word was actually very different than the way we engage. We've individualized it, which I don't think is great. Um, and I think the... I think individualizing our engagement with the scriptures is why you get some pretty wonky stuff in the body of Christ. Because if I'm doing it all on my own, and I'm kind of in my own little vacuum, and I'm getting interpretations of the scripture, and then I'm making theology out of that without ever presenting it to the body who also is filled with the Spirit, 
Whoop! So it's, it's amazing how God designed all this because he built in some accountability and community. He actually gives us the ability to submit ourselves to each other and the scriptures and the spirit of God works in the midst of that. To guide us into truth. That's what Jesus promised his spirit would do. His spirit would guide us into truth. Anybody grateful that you have people that you can actually journey with as you're reading the scriptures? Okay. Become acquainted with the scriptures. Number two, seek wisdom from above. I'm just saying the same thing over and over again, actually. Paul tells Timothy that the scriptures are able to make us wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. I just want to reemphasize this, that it's, it's about a relationship with the living God. We're seeking wisdom from above when we engage in the Word of God. So, so it's, not, it's not about how much information you can retain. Although that's beautiful. If you have lots of scriptures in your brain, that's amazing. But it's not about how much you know. It's about who you're engaging with. It's about your relationship with the living God. We're seeking wisdom from above when we engage in the Word. So we're setting our eyes. When, when we engage, when I sit down personally or with a group of people, when I approach the scriptures, I want to say, Lord... Before I even start to read and use my finite brain to try to understand this, would you open my eyes to see what you want me to see today? And when you do it with people in community, you, you, that's, that's the prayer. God, would you help us? Help us to see what you want us to see today. Not what, not what we want to see, not what we want to take out of it, not what we want to interpret or maybe kind of build our case for, but what are you trying to speak to us through the scriptures this morning? That's my prayers. We come into a Sunday. God, what do you want to do in this place today? Who cares what? I, I just get to be a part of it. Whoever's teaching up here gets to be a part of it. But we're submitting ourselves to the word of God saying, God, speak. And it's amazing to me when we walk out of here and start sharing conversations and stories. Sometimes I'll like talk with one of you like, man, God really spoke to me. And, and this is what he did to the scriptures. And I'm thinking, we didn't say anything like that. <laughs> but that's where God was working. It's actually beautiful. Lastly, let the scriptures teach, correct, and train you in right living. This is where it starts to, can be a little abrasive to the soul. Uh, because, we, again, we don't always want this. We don't always want our lives to be changed or redirected. But that's what we're submitting ourselves to when we come into the Word. We're saying, teach, correct, train me in right living before you, God, and before other people. And so there may be times where you're stopped in your tracks, where, where you're called to repent, you're called to confess, you're called to address something. That, that's a part of the journey. And we need to have hearts that are humble enough to say, I'm submitting to that. I'm submitting to be changed. Paul tells Timothy, uh, hey, you got to sort these things out. These things are going to be sorted out as you engage in the scriptures. They're actively training and coaching us. And there's, there's a lot of different ways to uh, process when you're reading the scriptures, whether you're doing it personally or with other people. If you're newer to the story, there's, there's a, an acronym, acronym SOAP, Scripture, Observation, Application, Prayer, as just a way to engage the Bible. I like it because of this. 
when you engage with something like that, scripture, you write down what the scripture is, you read it, observation, you make some notes. Like, this is what I read today. Here's an observation I'm making of this text. And for instance, in this one, Paul tells Timothy, get acquainted with the scriptures. Observation. Application is, okay, there is something in my life that, I need, that I'm going to apply from what I'm learning. This is what I love about this acronym. Because beyond just getting information in our head, it's actually saying, I am going to change something in my life. Something is going to be affected in my life today. And then prayer is, God, help me to do that. <laughs> that last piece is pretty important. So if you need, if you need a helpful tool, that could be a good one. So scripture, observation, application, prayer. Uh, worship team, you guys can come. I'll, I'll close with this. Um, some of you guys know a little bit about my, my story. Uh, <laughs> my journey in the Word. I, I, I'll just tell you from personal experience, my life... I grew up in the church. I grew up hearing the scriptures. My life changed when I began to devote myself to the word of God. It changed. I moved out here from, from Michigan. Should I or shouldn't I? <laughs> Sorry, that's a little painful. I know. I'm a pastor. I care about feelings right now. But also go blue. Uh, my life, my life was changed when I began to submit myself to the, to the scriptures. I moved out here. I made a friend at a church. I wasn't even thinking about ministry. And he said, hey, will you meet me at Starbucks at 6 in the morning? I'm like, that's really early, bro. It's like, just do it. Let's meet at 6 in the morning, uh, and we're going to read the Bible together. Like, whatever. And I started meeting with Brooks on a regular basis. And we would read the scripture, and we would process what was in it, and we would apply it to our lives, and we would pray together, and we did that weekly for years. And it changed my life. And even before that, God began to change my life because I was invited to help out with this fellowship of Christian athletes when I wasn't even living like a Christian in college. And my roommate who started this thing said, hey, will you come help me make this happen? And I'm like, whatever, I'll help my roommate out. He hated being in front of people, and so I started teaching the Bible as a college student, not walking with Jesus. So I was reading the scriptures, teaching it to other people, not living it. I'll tell you what, you want to create some friction in your life. But that engagement with the Word of God began to transform me because I started going, I, if this is what I believe, I cannot live this way anymore. And it began to transform the way that I lived. So you can't, you can't engage, you can't give yourself to it and not be transformed. And so, man, engage, be acquainted with the scriptures, jump in with some other people, find a way. Maybe you already have a rhythm. Awesome. If you're doing it by yourself, maybe this year, join some other people and share your story and share your journey. You will be changed as you engage in the Word. If, if you're here this morning, I want to give you a couple resources. I've given these before because they're great books. But if you're here, why don't you stand to your feet? If you're here and you're like, Great, great pep talk. I'm encouraged. Like, go team. Let's read the scriptures. And you walk out with that. Great. But maybe you're like me and you're a little bit skeptical. Like, okay, but how did they come together? How can they be trusted? Like, are these, is it really something I should submit my life to? Like, isn't it just a bunch of guys who sat in a room or like, hey, let's try to control the world. Let's put this. 
If you have those types of questions, pick up these books. They're, they're very short reads, but they're very helpful in answering some of those bigger questions that you might have. Uh, very, very helpful tools. Let's pray. God, this morning, uh, we're grateful that, one, you're sovereign over this whole thing. As, as we engage in the Word, as your people have engaged in the Word for centuries, your Spirit has been present to lead and guide into truth. We stand in awe of that. And Lord, we, we just want to submit our hearts to you today. Maybe in this place this morning, there's somebody who, who doesn't have a relationship with you yet, and Lord, you're speaking to their heart. I just pray that you give them the courage to surrender and say, I want to follow you today. Strengthen us in that. Lord, as we engage in your word, open our eyes, help us to see and hear your voice this year. We pray this in your powerful name. Amen.